This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following content is not suitable for children. There is probably nothing that I'm quite so curious about as a person's sexual history. And I I mean, obviously it's my work. I think that it's profoundly revealing about who they are in a very deep place. So let's help people talk about or explore maybe the reasons they don't want to talk about their sexual history with their partner. Sounds good. Sexual history. Here we come. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. All right, Lori. I think this is a really awkward subject for so many couples. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like you just want to know what you're doing with each other, and a lot of people don't want to know anything about the past because all these comparisons come and feeling inadequate, or mm-hmm. and it's just what a miss it becomes to really learn about each other. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this today on how couples could uh, could find more success in talking about sexual histories. I, as I've thought about this, I I can imagine many different emotional reactions to asking your partner or having your partner ask you about your sexual past. Mm-hmm. I think that there are really limited and narrow ways people can do this. You know, like asking a partner, what's your number? How many people have you slept with? I, I right. just think that kind of data for me, it doesn't really expand into the kind of sharing that I would want to know from a partner. Exactly. It's, when the information leads to judgment, I think that's that's why conversations don't work so well, mm-hmm. right? How many people, and you throw a number, it's like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? It's like, well, why are we having this conversation if I'm going to feel worse afterwards? Right, exactly. And I think there is some research about this, that women are very reluctant to share their number, lest they be judged as a slut or judged as, like, what if their number is higher than their partner's? There's real fear about that. And then, And I just think there are better questions to Mm -hmm. ask each other. One of the things you just said was what can come up in people is kind of this fear of inadequacy. Like, Mm -hmm. what if I learn my partner did things with other lovers that they're not willing to do with me? Or or I I suppose the other partner had a better body in some way. I think as a man, maybe men would worry about, you know, what if her lover had a bigger penis than I do? And Mm -hmm. You know, but I think women worry about that too. You know, this, he was with this really hot girl and, you know, it can be scary. I, 
I told some friends about this, a group of friends, and these are people that we talk really deep with and, you know, talked about how sharing fantasy, sharing your history can be so expansive and Mm -hmm. help each other understand each other. And the man, without a whole lot of tact, kind of went home and started to describe to his wife, who was menopausal, about his early experiences. And he was 15 when he started having sex and he was having sex with 15-year-old women young women who were, you know, hot as shit and could come every which way but loose and were wet and juicy, you know? Mm. And so he describes this really, this excitement, which I can imagine some conversation about that with enough safety around it that could feel really great to hear. But she heard it as, okay, you know, I'm menopausal. It takes me a long time to get there. I need extra help. And my body is not a 15-year-old body. And, you know, it just tanked her. Yeah, that sucks. That sucked. Because there actually, though, was a lot of good information that he was sharing. Oh, right. I so know. How, do you, how do you ask questions? And we do this when we're training therapists to be more intentional about, you know, what are you hoping to get from these questions? And, you know, if you get the answers, what will you do next? But more importantly, if you don't, can you let go of those questions? So I, I hear you saying the same thing. Like she wants information. She wants to know what's turning him on because that will, she'll get to know more about him. Yet the way he described it actually made her feel worse about herself mm-hmm. and the relationship. Yeah. And I, I think she, you know, overall, she has a pretty open mind and a very, very deeply curious about her partner. But um, I don't think she actually asked. I think he took the information about what I had said. And just started opening up. And I mean, beautiful that he could open up and describe that. There just wasn't enough conversation around how is this going to go? What are we hoping for? I mean, I think my hope is that people would learn about their partner's experiences. I I mean, I really can't imagine not wanting to know this about a partner, just Mm -hmm. about what turns them on, about, I mean, getting techniques tips, you know, technique tips. And I I think a person's erotic mind is so fascinating and spills over into many parts of themselves, you know. So it's knowing their mind, you kind of know their heart, the way they think. I mean, that to me is what's exciting. But I think in this case, they didn't do a really good job of bringing some clarity to around. He didn't because he opened, you know, like, I'd love to share this with you. This is my hope of what I'm um, hoping for you. I, I think he really thought it was going to turn her on. It reminds me of the conversation we have it about orgasms and try to be more specific, right? And we use the image of like going to a carnival. It's like your sex life is different rides. You learn different things. I learned, I love roller coasters, but I don't like spinning rides. I love going <laughs> to the haunted house, but I didn't love this. I mean, these are just experiences. And yeah. the more we can let our partner into our experiences to know like, what is it about spinning rides I didn't like? Some sexual encounters, you know, are traumatic. And, and that's important stuff. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make sense to my partner why I don't like a, a, maybe a tickling touch or why I don't like this type of touch because I've had those experiences. But the flip side, those gas pedals, like what are the things? Yeah, it's easier when you're younger and maybe at a vacation resort, a spring break or something, and you did some wild things. But what was it about those things that 
you know, your body still holds on to and still likes and still longs for. And maybe you'll never do those things again. But like, I think that erotic mind, letting yourself back into it and letting your partner into it is, is really awesome. I think so too. And as you talk about it, what comes to my mind is what was exciting about the haunted house? You know, it's like, mm. it's not just what you did in the haunted house, which is exciting, but it's also how you felt about it. Like that to me is the, probably the nuance of the question direction that I think deepens our knowledge of our partner is what did they do? Yes. And how did they feel about what they did and maybe what they wish they had done? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what have they done? Like you said, that they never want to do again. And certainly our sexual past might include trauma, which, you know, so sensitively has to be handled with care and kind of respect, you know, if our partner dares to tell us specifics about how they've been traumatized, we, you know, we have to handle that with kid gloves, honoring them, telling them we appreciate them bringing us into it and, you know, really supporting them emotionally as they tell that story. Because telling someone you love about a sexually traumatic experience is an opportunity, a huge Mm -hmm. opportunity to be healed somebody who sees it, who comes to that moment with you, cares about you, holds your hand while you're in it and telling, retelling it can be super powerful. I, I, and we need to do more on that. But sure. I, I really am thinking about the swirly rides and the roller coaster and, uh, and all those other things that, I mean, I, I don't think trauma is the only thing we have to reveal to each other. Right. But it is, unfortunately, trauma is way too common. And most people never talk about their trauma, right? And their body holds on to it. It's still bracing for it. And yet their partner doesn't know. So yes, Mm -hmm. we need tons of safety to talk about those things. But I think you also need ton of safety to talk about things that really turned you on. Because we don't often do that. Like it's whatever, what all aligns that allow you to get to that super orgasm that you had, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't think most people define it themselves they haven't gone back in time Mm -hmm. so this is i think such great work not just for the partner but for the each individual to know themselves better Mm -hmm. if you don't want to share this i hope everyone's listening is is willing to do a sexual history for themselves Mm -hmm. to go back and say huh you know what was it about that high school backseat of the car that was pretty damn amazing Mm-hmm. If I did the same thing today, I would probably pull a muscle or, you know, would have the same results. But what was it? Was it the not knowing? Was the, the newness of it all? Was like, these are all these factors that are, are just so instrumental to kind of clarity. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, telling about the good moments, the what, what built excitement, what was a great orgasm. I think for many women, just the electric sense of being desired, you know, like seeing him look at you. I mean, it it may be really small and and maybe not as flesh on flesh as men might want to hear. But I think for women, those moments are super powerful. The moment you realize, okay, turn him on, really great. And I don't know if all men can tolerate that. Maybe Maybe they could do this without names or something. I, I don't know. I, I know that some people might have another emotional reaction, especially if they don't feel safe. Like, look at, I don't, I don't owe you, you know, a rehearsal of my past sex life. I don't owe you anything about what I've done in bed before you. That's, that's none of your business. I, I can imagine people really pushing back on this idea that this is private. This is mine. 
I don't want to be judged. I don't, I really don't feel like I need to share with you my secrets. Um, you know, those are just something that I hold inside. What right. do you think about that, G? I think you don't even have to share it. If that's a choice you make, it's still worth going back and trying to understand yourself better. And if we think about those moments, our bodies will tell us what was working. I think it's very similar for men too. If they're going to go back, it's those moments that the woman, if it's a heterosexual couple, is really desiring them. I mm. mean, there's something about being wanted and wanting that person simultaneously that just rockets both people into this great sex, right? So we know about that with all the research about presence and vulnerability and communication, right? Yeah, that's what's happening in these moments, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> I think we got to go back in time sometimes to kind of recognize how we've lost some of that maybe in our relationship now. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it, it allows us to try to start communicating, like, how do we get back to more of that, those levels of engagement that great mm -hmm. sex had, that the distant sex that some couples are having is, is not the same. So mm -hmm. our body's telling us all we need to know. I think that word engagement is so powerful because that's what we're relating to each other, right? This is when I felt most engaged. I mean, certainly it would be interesting too to hear times that my partner didn't feel engaged with a partner and why that was and what were the blocks and what was happening in the relationship that they could no longer connect sexually very well. I mean, all of it, all of it is darn interesting, but, That's um, right. you know, but I think, and I appreciate you clarifying again and saying, you know, men too have electric moments of being desired that hit their body and they hold on to, and it's very sexual and it's very erotic you know, to have a woman look and see you and feel desire for you, that's important to men as too. And I, I didn't mean to be so gender specific. I, I'm just speaking from yeah female position here. Sounds good. I, I, the last thing I would say, I know we're out of time here before we go into break, but obviously it's not smart. If, if your partner is a jealous person, especially I'm thinking of a woman telling a man who is jealous, who might have more strength, you know, we don't want to, set off something that would be dangerous or damaging. So I, I do know that there has to be an element of caution. You have to know your partner before you yeah, talk about I, these I things. I think we're trying to help people become explicit. You got to want the answer to the question. If you don't want the answer to the question, you probably shouldn't be asking it. Right. Well, let's come back and talk about better ways to ask these questions. Uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. Y'all, this is a great product, something that I've been recommending for at least 20 years. Uberlube has three types of silicone. They are friendly to the body. They don't trap bacteria. They also have vitamin E, which enriches your body's tissue. It's actually healthy. It resolves dryness. It's a good product. I would love for you to check this out. And I know people wait till intercourse to use Uberlube. I don't get that I, I don't get why they would wait why not use it right in the beginning so that all the touch feels slippery and fun and men this is your friend this uber lube right it's not a sign that you're failing and your partner's not turned on this is like use it for a massage use it to rub your toes put it on i mean there's so many things that you can do that just make it it's i want a whole bath laurie of uber lube that i could be in with my partner we highly recommend it for a great sexual experience that's uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay i think we have a link on our website as well if you forget where to go for it they also have travel sizes for everybody traveling at the holidays. 
you can take it with you and definitely for sex over the winter time and the holidays, it would really help things get going. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress on an issue that you've been stuck in. Maybe it's a sexual issue or a relationship issue. People will fly in maybe on a Friday and we'll do three hours usually, get them acclimated, kind of set a direction. And then on Saturday, we usually do four or five hours and Sunday morning, four or five hours as well. Compared to weekly therapy, I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. How do people know if an intensive will help them? I do an initial hour interview to make sure that the candidate is suited for that kind of deep, long work. And also to make sure that I'm the right person. And for the record, if you don't choose to come in and see me, then you don't have to pay for that hour. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. George, I want to give people a way to ask these questions of their partner that really expand and develop as a person shares their sexual history. Uh, so, I mean, to me, again, as I said, asking a number is, it's just a dumb question, but I might want to ask somebody like my partner, you know, can you tell me about the most intense, the best exciting experiences and what they were like? like so, what, what are your favorite turn? You go. No, I just want to pause because I want to, before we get into the questions, do you, do you think I, I'm thinking about safety and I'm saying, you know, I think each person should look at these questions separately to just kind of like not be put. It's already hard enough to answer these questions, but to answer them in front of your partner is, I mean, that's just, that's, that can be overwhelming, mm. right? To be able to sit with these questions and really be curious and not worry about the answers. Like I think that individual search is step one. I think that's so important to kind of understand yourself better. What turns you on? What turns you off? Okay. And then you have more choice of like, what do I want to share or not share? Right. I think that, but to, you know, just set a couple up that have these conversations and not that's what do you think of that? I like that. I think that's a good first step. And again, sexual conversations to go well need a little prep. I mean, we need to know they're coming. I think maybe you're lying in bed and you, you, feel really, really safe and you ask your partner about something from the past. But most people, this is a really vulnerable conversation. We want to make sure what our partner is asking for, what they hope to get out of it, what they want to see. So some of that is important. And maybe telling your partner, I would love to have this conversation with you. It would be really exciting to me. I I would know you more deeply, but I'd just love for you to think about, maybe do a, yeah. a review of your own sexual history, and then we can have this conversation together. So you give them a heads up, a sense of reviewing in their own mind the pieces that they would be willing to share. Yeah. Exactly. I know when I'm working with a couple, I will ask them. I got to get both of them to buy into the process of wanting to do it before I'm going to jump into these questions. Mm -hmm. And it's often common where one wants to and sees the opportunity, others more reluctant and doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we got to work with that reluctance and, you know, for good reasons. And what you would need to is for you to, your partner not use it against you and not to compare it. Like this is just a journey so we can understand. 
And typically, I, most couples can work through that and get to a place where they see the value in answering these questions. But the person that is answering is in charge of what they want to share, what they don't want to share. And some people are more private and that. We want to respect that too. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Giving the person permission. You know, I will share what I want to share and not being manipulated like with disappointment or poutiness or you're not sharing enough or you're not sharing explicitly enough or complaints. I mean, that'd be a really good way to shut down that conversation. That's right. You know, so you, you got to honor people as they come forward. And I don't know that this is one conversation. I imagine this is many, many, many conversations over years as you open up more and more with each other. But I, I mean, certainly a setup and an, a request, you know, this is something that I'd love to know is beginning. Awesome. So we got the startup, we got their buy-in, they see the opportunity in this, they are already processed some of these questions separately just to see what they want to share and not share. Now it's time for them to have a conversation with each other. What are some questions, Lori, that, you know, we might help some of our listeners ask each other? So I think maybe asking, like, you know, what drew you to others sexually? Mm -hmm. What did you find attractive about former lovers at first? How did the sexual relationship begin? You know, did it make any difference to you if they initiated or if you did? And what did you feel afterwards? I would want to kind of know the process of the sexual relationship. How did it end? Why did it end? All of that. So kind of the attraction and wanting to know and have them describe all of it. What does that sound like? It sounds clearer about those gas pedals and brakes. So, you know, what is it? Was it the time of day? Was it on a vacation? Was it, you know, you had a couple drinks? Was it in the backseat of a car? I think those details are important. Yeah, exactly. I think most people just give these general, you know, oh, it was, it was okay, the sex, or it was, you know, it was good sex. And they don't get into what that actually means. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what good and okay is, right? (laughs) If you get into the details, you'll hear Exactly. The body remembers what good and okay is. Mm-hmm. Or just saying, you know, I had sex with this lover, I had sex with that lover. You know, it's like, it's not detailed enough to learn something from, you know, right. it, it's not like we would just be asking, I think, who'd you have sex with? But it's like, I'm really thinking this is a question about your partner, mm-hmm. not about, not about necessarily their re- former relationships, uh, but about them inside their former relationships about their mind that's so important what Lori is saying right this is really a journey to get to know the person it has nothing to do with the relationship that just brought the the circumstances in place where that person learned more about themselves we want to understand them it's not about the partner i think that's critical to highlight that Mm -hmm. because that makes it less intimidating less needing to compare Mm -hmm. that's really good I think a question about, you know, what are some of the most intense, best, exciting experiences and what were they like and why were they so intense? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe what were your favorite moments, which might be different than intensity? You know, maybe it's about the most romantic m- moment or the first moment or, you know, it could be anything. But I, I'd like all the, the top rated ones just and the, the ways they're top rated for partner right i like using our acronym best 
right? Really to go back in the past and say how much of your body was engaged in that moment, mm-hmm. how much of your heart, right? Those emotions, how much of your spirit, how much of that thinking erotic mind. I mean, when you have great sex or bad sex, you're going to see those those scores in those areas kind of give us that information. Mm-hmm. So if somehow you were younger, it was just easier to be in your body. Mm-hmm. Where through the years you've lost some of that, that's really good information or, on what we could do differently now. Or you know maybe how you've even connected more with your body yes. as as you move through relationships. I think sometimes people in early experiences are so anxious they're barely in their bodies. Mm-hmm. I talk to lots and have talked to lots and lots of people about their first experiences, and I will say there is a gender difference, and the research says that too that. Women are often not in their bodies or having great first experiences, whereas men often describe their f- very first sexual experience as very exciting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just curious. Like, have they been able to sink deeper into their body in different partnerships, and why, why was that possible? Right. I'd love to have them, you know, maybe describe what their lover did to their body, what was said, what they felt expressed, I think the scene is kind of interesting, you know, what they wore, how how they set it up, what was erotic to them, what was exciting. You know, I, I guess it's just more questions so that you can see how your partner is experiencing something. Exactly. You know, if I'm thinking back to great memories, I think you start to find those high levels of engagement where there was confidence there was boldness, there was compulsion, there was acting on it, right? A lot of things that kind of we lose with rejections over time. Mm. So that you would go back, it doesn't mean that lover was any better. That just meant I was freer back then to mm-hmm. do things. I was less inhibited, right, in some of these, these memories. And again, mm-hmm. I think that's important information. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying is important to notice that there are, I mean, this conversation, an expansive conversation, mm-hmm. right? So if, if your partner's curious about this, this is good news. But as maybe you describe the, the urgency, the compulsion, the drivenness toward sexual union and sexual expression that happens early and maybe how it might have waned, you know, what's, what are the blocks in between, you know, the multiple rejections the sense of, I mean, I think in the beginning, there's that hit when your partner is responsive and they look at you and their eyes light up and it's like, boom, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that, that describing that, I mean, that's replicable. We can, mm-hmm. we can do that for our partner. And I Absolutely. think that's what I would be hoping to learn. Like what makes it easy for you to turn on? What makes it easy for you to want to come toward me? What makes it you responsive? I mean, many times People are giving each other all this reinforcement. You're beautiful. You're so sexy. You're so attractive. I love this about your body. I love that about your body. They're describing explicitly. There's a lot of reinforcement for that boom moment. Yes. The boom moment. How do you beat that? Right. (laughs) And you don't have to have novelty. You don't have to be, have a new person all the time to have that. But there is something about not knowing and and going for something and it being responded to and two people kind of awkwardly getting into a place of resonance with each other. That's magical, right? Exactly. And I think that we you you can do that 
even easier in a long-term relationship when you can communicate well and you have that safety to kind of explore. And that's the hope is that the more safety we have, we have more ability to be bold. And I mean, Schnarch actually talks about this a lot. Bold and boom. I love it. <laughs> bold and boom. That's some good a energy, boom moment. <laughs> a boom moment. So Schnarch, David Schnarch, he wrote about sex and he probably comes at it from the aspect of differentiation versus attachment, like mm-hmm. Sue Johnson. But he says that ironically, in long-term relationship, we lose sexual courage. And so that's the thing that we give up on that makes sex become flatter, is in early relationships, we're courageous, ironically, because we don't care. We don't care what they think about us so much. You know, we, mm-hmm. we're just going for it. That excitement of the new, the moment, causes us to kind of put aside our inhibitions. But later in relationship. It's crazy, but we care so much about what our partner thinks about us. If we suggest something and they roll their eyes or they don't respond, we cross it off our list. You know, we right. don't we don't go for it. So anyway, in talking about it, I think we can learn that. We can have a breakthrough in terms of, oh, you know, why were you doing this with that person? You've never tried it with me. And it's like, well, I suggested it early on and you, you know, you did, your face didn't light up. So I thought you didn't want to do that. I mean, there can be so much rich knowledge that we can get from this conversation. I really hope people will have it. And and certainly some of the things that we can process as we process history of, you know, what turns you off? What mm-hmm. what was not so good about sexual experiences? Was there guilt? Did you ever feel coerced? I mean, those are really important things to know. And, you know, I know somebody who said, yeah, I, I did this with somebody else. And the reason I did it is I was high. I, I didn't really mm-hmm. want to do it, but I was high. And you know, it's like, well, don't be jealous of this because it wasn't like I was really going in that direction for that sexual act. And information like that with that provides context mm-hmm. versus I've done this, 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 and this with somebody else, you know, that's that's meaningless to me. It's the surrounding conversation of emotions, you know, what was in your body, what was in your heart, what mm-hmm. what did your spirit feel afterwards? And how did you think about it? And how do you think about it now? Gosh, such rich things to discuss and tell your partner. I love those words. Bold. Boom. Courage. I mean, this is, look at the energy. No wonder why your body holds on to it, right? Listen to those old stories or experiences so you can take from them and bring them into the current relationship. Those same feelings, right? Who doesn't want it? And I think there's something really courageous about this person you care so deeply about taking these risks. Courage has to be a part of great sex, right? And if you're not going to take risks because you want to protect your partner or protect yourself, then yeah, the levels of engagement are going to go down. So for those brave enough to go do a sexual history, it's just going to give you more to work with your with your partner. And we really encourage that. You know, I think it's just too weak for me to say thanks for listening. I just, I want to, I want to say boom, boom. And I don't want to even say keep it hot. I want to say like, go back into those stories and like go crazy with each other. That's some good stuff. <laughs> crazy fun. Woo. Lori, really excited about the Success and Vulnerability Project. We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. 
If you want to up your game, you want to see real clinical examples, you want to break down the process, you want demonstrations, you want teaching. I mean, it's all there. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. I listen to the new modules repeatedly. It's great information. I'm learning, you know, still in the process and it is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny and they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.